The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. Two-time winner of the Cena Editor's Choice Award. It blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion glass brake sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's even there. What's truly remarkable is you can set up all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 to a minute to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's why it's called the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get a free shipping and 60-day risk-free trial. You get nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. All right, guys. Welcome in to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host. Excuse me. Brought to you by Charmia. Take a seat. I hope you all have been doing pretty well um, or had a great Easter. I, um, let's see, Friday was, yeah, Saturday was my daughter's birthday, so we celebrated. And Chuck E. Cheese has takeout. Now, even if you're, no, here's the thing, guys. Even if you're, like, not, like, uh, even if you don't have kids, dude, Chuck E. Cheese has four ninety nine. Take out p- cheese pizzas. And I'm talking the pizza with the garlic crust. That's how they make it. It's really good. And if you want to, if you want toppings, you'll have to add maybe like two bucks to each, you know, thing. But still, you're getting a decent price on pizza. And their wings are four nine nine or four nine nine as well. And they got some other stuff too. You can buy like some churros and all kind of other snacks. I mean, seriously, if you got kids and you know you want to do something like maybe bring Chuck E. Cheese home to them. Seriously, do it. It's worth it. I mean, I spent probably two pizzas and um, two wings cost me like twenty five bucks. And of course, I had, plus that plus I had toys as well. You can buy gift bags. I mean, they got toys you can buy. All kind of crap. So I mean, even if you're just a you know, even if you're just a bachelor, or if you're just a couple, you know, and you don't have kids, shoot, check it out. I mean, it's not a bad deal. I mean, if you're tired of supporting local, I mean, but still, I mean, I'm sure it hurt for business. But yeah, you know, we celebrated her birthday, and she was excited. They ate, and, you know, she got her stuff, and that was that. And Good Friday. The place I usually get my veggie burger from was closed. So I did a uh, grilled cheese and a tomato bisque, and you know, you, you know what... Maybe I'm doing the whole tomato bisque thing wrong, but 
I mean, of course, you use, you'd have to eat with something, like whether it's bread or garlic bread or grilled cheese. But once that grilled cheese is over, you gotta eat, you got to eat the soup. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like after a while, I'm just eating a big bowl of marinara sauce. But, you know, I could be doing it wrong. I don't know. You guys, you tell me I'm kind of new to tomato bisque soup. You know, I'm kind of new to this kind of thing. You know, I never really ate it until recently because I was looking for options for Lent. I don't know. You know, kids got their Easter baskets and, you know, other than that, I'll be on call. Let's see, what time is it? It's 11.50 right now, Central Time. Let's see, I'll be on call in about eight hours for the medical center. So my phone will be ringing off the hook. Well, at least I hope not. But I did, you know, my, on my Twitter feed, I did post some legs um, YouTube channel for walking exercises. And if you're having issues, you know, getting outside and you know walking because of all the people not really, you know, adhering to social distancing. Because I mean, my complex the other day it was like the freaking park. I went to go walk around the complex like I always do, and there were people riding their bikes, hoverboards, people doing. There 40 times. I mean, it was a mess. And, and I get it. You know, you're stuck inside and you got stuff to do. I mean, you got to go and do some stuff. But, you know, we, we pulled the cars out of the garage. So we made a little play area for the kids to run around, you know, get the energy going. And, of course, we're doing exercise as well. We're doing phys ed. But, yeah, I mean... The walking exercises are great because, like, they work you out, but they don't put too much harm on you, you know? They don't, they don't wear you out too bad. You know, it just, you know, you know, one exercise, one video I did, I got three miles walking. I mean, if you can do, like, a little 15-mile, 15 15-minute 15 walk here and there, I mean, it's going to make a big difference. I mean, your body's going to feel great. So, you know, if you have a hard time, if you're trying to just get back into fitness again because of all the stuff that's going on, I mean, this, this is something you can, you can try. I'm sure a lot of you probably have dogs, though, as well, so you're going to walk, and I'm sure the dogs probably give you a workout as well. So, you know, just trying to help. But uh, next podcast I do it will be really, really pit-centric because i got some stuff I want to talk about. It's not so much, you know, I want to reflect on the last, you know, decade from 2010 to 2019 as the next thing I plan on doing. I think it'll work out. So, as far as recent pit news, um, I believe pit football actually is pursuing an off, a grad transfer offensive tackle. Um, that's one thing. The spring game was was supposed to be Saturday, and you know, I'm sure we wanted to see some things. You know, for um, the spring game, you know, defense was going to be a defense. I'm sure you know the linebackers are one are one concern, but the big areas of concern for us were the um, offensive line and the running backs. Because last year we didn't, ha- we didn't have much of a running game and nobody really stood out. 
and it was you know it was kind of like you know last spring, the spring before that if you guys remember we had issues at the wide receiver position nobody really stood out I mean yet of course you had Taysom Mack and but we had to have another receiver that could you know help help us out and I mean there was, we had friend I mean yeah sure we had French and Mack but. We need some other guys to add, add, an, add an element to the uh, passing game, and nobody really stood out. I mean, it kind of worked out for us, but well, I had to because we didn't have much of a running game, and and that's where we're at right now. Is we need somebody to step up in the, in the running game, and well, we don't get a chance to see that probably till the fall, and and of course, how the offensive line is going to hold out as well because offensive line didn't do us any justice either. So, I don't know, guys. Um, Pit Hoops. Um, Trey McGowan's has Nebraska. Just kind of a surprise to me, but he's going to join his teammate, Sham Stevenson. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Sham was a... Um, Sham Stevenson was a Stallings recruit, whereas Trey was a um, capable recruit, but they were still teammates at Pitt briefly. So he's joined Sham in Nebraska, and you know Sham really hasn't ever since leaving Pitt. He hasn't really garnered much playing time, and I don't think he really will. I think the most playing time he'll ever see is, you know, the Kevin Stallings era. Although one thing I do remember about him in the, in the opening game against I think it was Navy, he took a he took a nasty foul or you know committed a hard foul and almost you know some tensions erupted. I mean he did apologize, but. There was that, and there was also the missed dunk he had where he tried to dunk, and I don't think he made it over the rim. Jesus. Yeah, that was a really bad year. But he's going to, you know, Trey's going to Nebraska, and they just lost a player, a point guard, I believe. And the issue with him was he had, you know, selfish issues, I believe, is what you know, one of the Nebraska, you know, one of my followers from Nebraska told me is he was very selfish with the ball, and he was kind of a toxic person, and one thing you don't want in a point guard is somebody who's toxic. And so Trey's gonna get a shot, and I hope it works out for him. You know, I let Nebraska, don't let the Nebraska fans know they're getting somebody who can score points. He's not just a freaking ball, a warm body. He's actually gonna go in and contribute. And um, and I'm sure Fred Hoiberg will do something with him. You know, he, I think he'll figure it out. And of course, Pitt lost out on Trey Murphy, who was who was a Rice transfer. I believe he was brought in when Mike Rhodes was there. Mike Rhodes was there at Rice briefly, and he made he. They had a twenty plus one season at Rice, and I think they make they make the NIT. They made the CBI, I believe. They should have made the NIT. They were a decent basketball team, but VCU, you know, because he he coached under Shaka Smart, and he does and he does have ties to Pennsylvania. You know, he went to VCU after Shaka left, and he's been doing pretty well ever since. Um, replacing him at Rice was Scott Para, who is a Penn State grad. I think he coached at Penn State as well, but ever since. Um, Paris taken over, things have kind of went by the wayside, and 
in Trey's case, I think he's, he's he's up and coming, and I really don't think he wants to spend the rest of his college career at Rice. Um, I've been to that basketball stadium and or arena, I should say. It's kind of like a glorified gymnasium. I mean, you got great seats. I mean, I sat courtside practically for what well, I mean. I sat front row, ground level behind the Rice bench for thirty bucks. And I think for another 30 bucks more, I probably could have sat a courtside, which was basically sitting in a freaking lawn chair on the other side of the court. I mean, there, I mean, it was an actual, like a, you know, yeah. For me, it just really wasn't worth spending the extra money. I was unemployed at the time. But you're basically on top of the action, but the... The arena is like basically a glorified high school gym. I mean, you, the, I mean the the um, the concessions is basically a freaking. It's a table, pretty much. It's one of those tables you see at a at, you know at a wedding. Um, there are separate weddings or banquets. You know where they put you know where they set them up and they put all the um, the hot plates or the Brunson burners, as they call them, or no, that's, no, that's chemistry. I'm talking about those warmers, you know, where they, where you, you know, you, you, you fill them up with water, you, they're, they're trays, you, chafing dishes, chafing dishes, that's what they are. You know, you fill them up with water, and you put the burners underneath them, and then you put the, you know, to keep the food warm. That's the kind of table they use. You sit at that table, and there's a, there's a little register, and, they ring you up. It's basically, you know, it's basically high school gymnasium for the most part. I mean, the the gift shop, you know, is nice, but that's really about it. I mean, there's nothing much to it. Sorry, guys. Um, it's midnight. My kids should be sleeping. And, well, my daughter came out to give me a hug. I'm not going to get too mad, although she should be asleep. Uh, my oldest child, he was up late at night on a laptop, and I was wondering, I was asking what the, hell, what the hell he was doing, and well, they were the teacher posted all the, the all the assignments and stuff for the next day, and he was doing them so he can sleep in, and of course there's some other stuff that she posted for the rest of the week he was doing, and I couldn't get mad at him. He should have been asleep, but. The fact that he was using that time up late to, you know, do his schoolwork. At least he was being productive. But going back to Trey Murphy and Rice is, I don't know what they can do with that program. I mean, Rice hasn't been in the NCAA tournament over 20 years. And I really don't know if they're going to, I'm not sure if that program is really going to last long. Because they can't really get anybody to, to coach there and. When they do, they can't keep them because, well, there's there's just nothing there. I mean, Trey did get an offer from the U of H, Houston, but he ultimately picked UVA, and he he's from North Carolina, so it doesn't surprise me that he, he's supposedly, supposedly on the race boards, he was going to go somewhere closer to home. And he did, so whatnot. Now, the XFL folded, which was a crying shame. I thought it was a great league, and they're bankrupt, supposedly, so I think they're definitely done now. 
uh, Vince McMahon was losing money and you know because of the you know what was going on and with you know and he they were losing money on on here and it's a, it's a shame because it was a really good product and there's a lot of people that just didn't understand the product and they just you know, they basically just wanted to be right was what it was and you know they get to pat themselves on the back but it was a great product and it gave players a second chance and some of them got second chances at the NFL and I just hope they do something for these players because there's so much football talent out there that gets missed and we're I mean it's a big proof of that I mean there were some good players and I just you feel bad for like St. Louis because the St. Louis their fan base was becoming more rabid and it just it sucks so I mean COVID pretty, I mean the XFL basically was snake bitten from the beginning that sucks but I don't know my hope is the league would come back and I just don't think it is I think it's done I mean I think it should come back but it's not my money it's not our money either so you know speaking of that I haven't got my stimulus check yet and when I do I'm gonna put it on I'm gonna build a long campus thing for Pitt no I'm really not I can't you know $1,200 isn't gonna build a fucking stadium but anyways let's get to some football cards um I got three packs of score and I have a pack of pro set from I have 90 pro set and 1990 score I opened these the other day so I gotta figure what I'm gonna do next I wanna do I did buy a pack a box of like like panini cards is what they call them and I got some really good cards I got Deshaun Watson I got James Conner I got Zeke Elliott I got some really decent cards but Word is not worth anything. So let's get to the um, packs, shall we? My first card was a Clarence Verdon for the Colts. He was like a kick returner and, you know, he was pretty fast in Tecmo Super Bowl. Let's see, I got, next card was Danny Copeland. He is a free safety for the Chiefs. Then the next one was Bruce Wilkerson. Bruce was an offensive tackle for the Raiders. I think he was pretty decent. My next car was Mike Quick. He was a wide receiver for the Eagles. And I think he started to fall to the wayside by them, but for for the longest time he was a um he was a really good wide receiver. And he broke his leg and he was never the same player. Let's see, a Bob St. Clair Hall of Famer card. That's when he got inducted. Uh, Crunch Crew. It's a special card. Let's see, that's Carl Mecklenburg. Let's see, I got a Record Breakers card, Willie Anderson. This is about the time Willie Anderson broke the receiving record in one game. Uh, Flipper, Willie Flipper Anderson set a single game of 15 catches for 336 yards. That's when he was playing with Jim Everett. Let's see, Cedric Jones, Albert Lewis, he was a, um, oops, 
quarterback for the Chiefs. Tim Spencer, he was a running back for the Chargers. Yeah, he, you know, he played in the USFL, but other than that, not much else. Uh, Mike Jones, let's see, a rookie card. He played for A&M. One of the many Southwest Conference players that were overrated at that time. Let's see, I got another rookie card, Charles Arbuckle, a tight end for the UCLA Bruins. Man, he didn't do much. I got Dennis Brown. He see he played defensive tackle for the Washington Huskies. That's when that's when you know Washington was really good with Steve Empton. I think they won a national title that you know ninety one I believe. Let's see Aaron Cox. He was a wide receiver for the Rams. And eighty nine had twenty catches for three hundred forty yards. Then there's Randy Dixon. He played for the Colts as a guard. Let me see what else we got here. Darren Nelson, running back for the Chargers. He played for the Vikings at one time, and he was traded, looks like. He wasn't too bad of a player for the Vikings. And let's see, Jeff Query, he was a receiver for the Packers. 23 catches, 350 yards, two touchdowns. Packers won 10-6 in 1989, and they missed the playoffs. It's because, well... The Vikings won. They beat the Bengals that night, and it knocked the uh, Packers out, and it put the Steelers into the playoffs. And I think, it, and yeah, because because of that, the Bengals, the Bengals, you know, crushed us t- twice that year, and they made the playoffs. They had a really good team that year. Was that the A nineteen? That was the A nineteen. Eddie Murray, kicker for the Lions. He was a legendary kicker for Detroit. Richard Dent, well, you know, for the Bears. And let's see what else I got. Icky Woods. Icky had a really good 1988 season. 89, he got hurt. and was never the same player after that. Jeff Lagerman, Jets, outside linebacker. Dave Maggett for the Giants. Megan was a hell of a kick returner, pump returner, and he did, a, I mean, anything you did with Dave and Megan, he could do. Let's see, we got some more cards here for score. Gary Reasons for the Giants. Wade Wilson, quarterback for the Vikings. Wade had, um, he had some players to throw to. He had, you know, Anthony Carter was one of them. Sterling Sharp, the Packers. This is like a second-year card. I think Sterling Sharp should be in the Hall of Fame. The fact that he's not as a travesty. I think he was a really, at the time, he was one of the best wide receivers in the game. I think he should get in. I think Terrell Davis getting in should eventually get him in. I mean, Kurt Warner didn't play, you know, had some really good years, but he wasn't a full-time starter. He he got in. Chris Hinton, Hinton offensive tackle for the Colts. Bobby Humphrey. Running back for the Broncos. He had a really good 89 season, and he got hurt, and he was just never the same player. Oh, for you West Virginia fans, Reggie Rembert, wide receiver. Didn't have much room after that. Ronnie Hampton, running back for Georgia. He went to go play for the Giants. Jamie Hall for the Chargers. I'm just going to go through these. I have a whole bunch of them. Barry Sanders. 
for the Lions. This was, this was the second year card. Now, this card back in the day in 1990, if I'd have pulled this out of the pack, it would have been worth like a buck 25 to a buck 75 maximum. Now the card is more jack shit. Eric Metcalf, the Browns. We all know him quite well. Boomer Esiason, quarterback for the Bengals. Hassan Jones for the Vikings. Kevin Butler, kicker for the Bears. I'm going to go through some more of these, and then we're going to kill it here. I'm not going to go through all of them. Let's see, Mark Jackson, wide receiver Broncos. Jerome Brown, the Eagles. Yeah, I'm just going to go through all these. Chris Miller, quarterback for the Falcons. Tony freaking Zendejas, kicker for the Oilers. Man. Yeah, I'm just going through all these because otherwise you'll be pure all night. Well, let's see. We're at rep pro set now. This was 90 pro set. Let's see. Jay Hilgenberg. Keith Millard. Bobby Humphrey again. Ernest Givens. Wide receiver Oilers. Well, I'm going to cut this short because my kids keep coming out. And, you know, it's part of podcasting at home. Oh, a pro set Super Bowl card. Let's see, Steelers and Rams. Cool stuff. But, you know, I remember those late 80s Bengals teams. And, man, they were a fun team to watch. You had Boomer. You had Anthony, you had Anthony Munoz anchoring the offensive line. And you had a back from Vicky Woods and James Brooks and... James Brooks is somebody who I think should eventually get Hall of Fame consideration. I mean, he was a really good running back at his time, and I think he could play in today's game. I mean, he was a dual-threat running back. I mean, he could run out of the backfield, and he can catch the ball as well. There was a lot you could do with James Brooks. And then you had Tim McGee. You had Eddie Brown. I mean, that, that was just – I mean, it was, it was just the late 80s. It was – I mean, they went, they went to the Super Bowls in the early 80s as well. I mean, with Collinsworth, Ken Anderson. I mean, the, I mean, the Bengals had a hell of a run. But um, they missed the playoffs in 89. And eventually just broke down. I mean, they made some bad draft choices. I mean, David Klingler just never worked out. And they picked up Barry Foster when he was released from Carolina. But they got him when he was basically out of shape they had a little bit of resurgence with Jeff Blake at QB but the weird thing is that they had Blake and they had Carl Pickens and they had like Darnay Scott Darnay Scott used to give us so many freaking problems he was a tight end I believe he used to give us so many problems let me look him up real quick Darnay Scott He would give us so many problems because the Steelers, they would always blitz and they would have a, always have a hard time covering him. He would always light us up. But with Blake, they were always, they had an exciting offense, but they were always hovering between 7, 9, 8, and 8. They could never get over that hump, no matter how hard they tried. Eventually, the bow bid break. And, um, you know, Marvin Lewis came in and 
gave him the best years. I think we're, you know, losing Chris Henry really hurt them. Um, I think the biggest blow was the Carson Palmer injury against uh, the Steelers, where Kimo von Holofen rolled on um, Carson's, ankle, Carson's knee and took him out. And the, and the Bengals pretty much... It's hard to say what would have, what the outcome would have been. Um, depends on which which side you're on. I mean, if you're a Bengals fan, you you know damn well they could have won that game. You know, because Chris Henry always gave us fits. I mean, he was always he that season he lit us up. I remember. And um, you know they had Chad Johnson, T.J. Hushmanzada. I mean, they had a really pretty good, you know, receiving core and exciting offense. And after that, they were just never really the same team after that. You know, and it's hard to say if what Kimo did was accidental or intentional. It's, you know, he was very remorseful about what happened. And you got to take him on his word. I mean, it just... The Bengals have been snake bit ever since. I mean, they had some, you know, they, they looked like they had decent, some decent th- things with Andy Dalton at quarterback, and they gave up on him now, and they're now back to square one. But I remember those Bengals teams, those were, they had some, you know, I was, I rooted from heavily to beat San Francisco that year, and I, I thought they should have won it, and they didn't. But they just, they had, they had, yeah, they, they had a hell of a run. I think, who was their, who was their, uh, Sam Weich was our, was our coach. But that old AFC Central, you had the Oilers with Glanville, you had Weich with the Bengals, Carson with the, um, you had Sean Heimer, and then you had Carson with the Browns, and you had Noel with the Steelers. I mean, that was a, a badass league. But anyways, guys, I'll let you have the rest of your day. Well, it's nighttime. I need, right now anyway, I have to take my ass to bed, but I want to have a very pit-centric podcast next, which should be fun. I got some lot to talk about, a lot to recap. Hell to pick, guys. Bye.